0: Sensor Global saves lives with automatic compliance and manages smoke alarms, gas and water leak detection with 24-7 remote management. It provides complete control, reduced risks and improved compliance for property managers. To find out more, speak to Anthony Booth or head over to sensorglobal.com. Welcome to the PM Collective, a dynamic hub designed to empower business owners, property managers, and BDMs to excel in their careers. Through access to intimate conversations, cutting edge video training, mental health support, and unparalleled motivation, our community is the ultimate destination for individuals seeking to elevate their professional lives to new heights. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our next conversation on our weekly podcast, The Art of Property Management. Today, I am super excited to have someone who I would now call a friend, Rebecca Holton, in as a guest. Beck, thank you for joining me.
1: No worries. Thanks for having
0: me. Now, um, I'm going to let you intro yourself and then we're going to get into today's topic, which is staying ahead and always uh, being one step ahead something that I always try to practice and I know that you do too. So before we get into that, can you please do a real quick, brief intro about yourself and, um, and your agencies that you run?
1: Yep. Um, So Rebecca Holton, CEO of LJ Hooker City Residential in East Perth, and we've just taken on another office in Yokine. We've got around 2,000 properties under management, um, got quite a big sales team as well. And yeah, we don't have any heads of department. So it's all just run very, um, well, I don't even know what the word would be. Uh, Smoothly, Yeah. I don't know. What's that? Smoothly. Yeah, I don't know. It's just so it is. Um, it's a great business. So we've we run it really efficiently, and um, yeah. So I've been doing it for 21 years. Got a business partner who's 75. Been around for 40 years, and he's amazing. It's probably one of the most innovative 75-year-olds going around. But uh, yeah. So we're and we're just mid, just mid office renovation. So my 42 staff members have been rehomed all over Perth at the moment, whether it's in a temporary office or our Yopin office or working from home. So we're very, uh, fluid. (laughs) How long is is that going to be for? Uh, so the builder thinks all going to plan, which it never does. Eight weeks will be in. So we've been out three weeks. Um, but you know, we are waiting on suppliers and it's, it, yeah, there's quite a big lead time on some things in, you know, desks and because everything's brand new. So if it, it all goes to plan mid September, late September, no, probably late September will be in. Yeah. Nice. Excellent. I
0: mean, now you, did your office start from zero or when you first the business, what did that look like? How many properties?
1: Yeah. So when I first came into the business in 2010, um, I moved over from over east and I'd, I'd known Frank for some time. So I was actually coming in to run his sales business, Um, but the property management business at the time was at 400. Um, And then over time, I sort of moved into the licensee role and then into the CEO of the company because Frank's also got an office in Mandurah. And then I became a partner in the business 2017, I think it was. It was 18, so five or six years ago now. And... um, and that's when I looked at the whole business, and yeah, I, we had a we had a head of department in there who'd done a really good job up to that point, but probably future proofing the business, she wasn't the right person for that. She was um, a bit of an old school property manager, sort of managing down instead of letting the people grow up. And and um, I certainly had never managed a property. I think a lot of people know the story. I've never been a property manager, but I understood what the business was and what it needed. Um, so then I stepped into that role. We were at about 800 properties under management. So then we've grown organically and we've done some acquisitions, probably more so in the last 12 months acquisition wise, um, to just shy, we're just shy of 2000 properties. Yeah. yeah.
0: And at what point did you, or have you ever had to change your property management structure, like um, with how the properties were managed? Or did you just start at the start, with the structure you currently have, or at what point did that change?
1: No, it? no. So, when I took over, it was very much end to end. It was end to end. We had uh, eight or nine property managers looking after eight or 900 doing, you know, end to end. And then we changed over to Property Me, which was a big driver of being able to change our structure. So, we went from rest, you know, we went cloud based, and everything was, you know, that's when I mapped out the whole business. And I sort of thought that my business mind said there was a better way to do it, but my property management level of experience didn't really, I couldn't really match the two up. So I kind of just sat in and listened and looked around and spoke to a lot of business owners and head of departments around what it could look like. And then I worked out very quickly that the property managers were stressed at 100, 120 properties back then because they were doing everything. And, our and,
0: was that, and that was the pain point
1: for you to start thinking? Yeah, it was. It just said, uh, look, when I took it over, the, it, it, there was a lot of complaints. We were losing lots of properties. Like I was sort of doing the figures on the business and um, just getting the figures from the head of department and we were losing like 15 to 20 properties a month. And I was like, what? what is going on? So then the first thing I did was change the reward structure where um, the property managers only got their bonuses based on being at an 80% or higher net promoter score. So that really encouraged the customer service. And then once we got that right, then I looked at, well, what tasks can we outsource and what can we what can we make more efficient and smoother? So that was a big, um, and, and that was done in consultation with the team. We sort of mapped out, well, What are the jobs you like? What are the jobs you don't like? What are the jobs that are repetitive? What could we automate? What could virtual assistants do? We started exploring that back then. And then, you know, is it a virtual assistant or is it software? And then we just really mapped it all out, looked at all the softwares out there. And this was like, it really, I had to really switch my brain from being a salesperson type mentality to systems and processes, which is not my naturally not my um not my strength but i think now you know i've always said if there's an issue look at the system and the process first and then if if that's broken fix it if not maybe it is the the person but when we sort of looked at all that and then we brought in the vas and we outsourced that and then that freed up the capacity for the team and and then they started to think oh okay well you're not replacing me you're actually helping me have better life and you know work balance so they were way more open to bringing in AI and, and that sort of thing once they'd worked with the virtual assistants and realised that we're not just trying to replace them, we're actually giving them more capacity to look after more properties but have more time and less stress.
0: So the first step was the VA and yeah. then the next step, was well, I guess that made them more comfortable into the next step, which was the in-house. I
1: in-house. Uh, yeah, well, no, it was probably yeah yeah sorry but probably the in-house inspection team um well, well no we were outsourcing inspections and then as you get bigger and you get scale it, it you you got to know your numbers right like we we're talking about that just before so I just worked out well if we're paying this much on outsourcing for inspections how many full-time employees could I get for that and would it look better just the communication within the office around those inspections and things and it did it changed
0: yeah because this was a question that was asked me um not long ago and that was at what point do you go from outsourced inspections to bringing it in-house and it's not necessarily just the cost um that's a factor it's also the fact you've got an extra team member how it works another desk and things like that so it has to be I, I mean I'm just assuming it'd have to be a, a, a quite a, not a quite a bit more but a bit more than the actual cost replacement as well. Yeah,
1: like you just weigh it up. So I looked at, you know, you can do rough numbers. You look at how much you pay to outsource, you know, to a third party. And then you work out how many actual routine inspections, um, PCRs and finals your business does and how much would that cost you to outsource? And then is that a full time person? Is that enough? And you can you can really work it out on any scale. You might just get a part time person in to do it when you when you're a bit smaller. But definitely that freed up um, and it also gave me, and we're talking about, you know, future proofing and staying ahead, it gave me a, a training ground to bring people in, you know, to start off doing routine inspections and learn that side of it and learn it well and do it well and then um, learn the PCRs, learn the finals and then start looking into property management because um, I think it just it gives everyone a really good basic knowledge of what we do being out there doing inspections and and PCRs and things. So that was probably another benefit for us is I could bring in a, not a junior, but someone on not, you know, not a huge salary, bring them in, train them up and give them a bit of a career path into property management. So, you know, that's been a savior in the last two years as the talent pools dried up and the, you know, that, has allowed me, not that we, we don't lose property managers that often, but, you know, we've lost maybe one in the last two years and I, was, I had someone sitting there ready just to to jump in. And so it's not a stressful time for me. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I know it is out there in the marketplace at the moment.
0: Do you feel that, like, I know that you're really happy with the structure that you guys have got at the moment. It's really working well for you guys. Do you... Think that there could be another, like, like you've already, ch- you know what I mean? Um, how do I word this? Um, is there another level, or you know, is, there, is there another level? Like, or, or, I
1: don't know. I do. I think so. I think you know, as consumers' expectations change, and as employers' expectations change, and as my expectations change, I think you have to be open that there is something better and um, different out there. And and and, like you said, at the moment we. The pain points we have aren't really big enough to look for that. But I can definitely see, you know, you know, I often look at, well, what does our business look like in 12 months and and what are we doing today to get to that? Because if you're in a growth mindset, that's how you should be thinking all the time. If you're not in growth mode, well, you know, why would you change it? But if you're looking at adding on, you know, another Portfolio, or you want to um, acquire, or you want to do some organic growth. Well, you've, there's no point in growing if you're losing out the other end, and your staff are unhappy. Like, so I think, yeah, I think there definitely is what it looks like. I don't know. I've got a couple ideas in my head around, you know, some new things we could do. But it's all, it, all everything we do is is it increasing the um, customers' experience, and is it increasing the team's experience? And if it's a yes to both of them, it's 100% all in, let's go. But if it's like it's what the customers are calling for but it puts too much pressure on the team, well, then we look for, well, is that a software that would do that or is that an outsource thing? Because, um, uh, yeah, it, it's probably just balancing where that is because what the customers want and what the team want to do sometimes are completely different.
0: Different, yeah. Um, yeah. You mentioned that, um, you know, if your office isn't in a In a, you know, the growth mindset. And the first thing that came to mind is what sort of office wouldn't be in a growth mindset? Like, what are there offices out there that go, I don't want to grow anymore?
1: Stay with us. We'll be right back. Many real estate agents across Australia confidently refer Property Insurance Plus to their clients as they recognise the price and benefit value of their policy combined with the client-focused service they deliver. They offer a comprehensive building and landlord insurance facility and have formed a powerhouse to present the very best in investment property insurance. Contact PIP today to find out more. I think there are, like, I think in terms of if, if some business owners, and I certainly was one of these, when I first got in that thought property management was the poor cousin and, you know, it's like a lot of headaches, but when I look back at that and reflect on it, it was because it was run poorly and the staff were stressed and it was awful. Like, um, and you've got to put the right people in the right positions. And so I think there, and I think, you know, I spoke to you a little bit about it offline, but I think with. Frank and I are often talking about the sales market is really coming, like it's drying up. There's no listings, there's no sales. So, businesses who are more reliant on that sales income uh, and property management's always just been a little bit of a bonus now are going to look at it and go, Well, that's not going to cover the cost of my business. It becomes a big burden. So, they might flip into growth mode, hopefully, really quickly and, and thrive through it. Or they might just say, Look, I can't go through another pre COVID time. That's yeah. Not- and that and that is the decision they'll have to make um pretty quickly i think yeah
0: yeah so the i did that recent survey where we um surveyed property managers and uh business owners and yeah. there was a couple of things that were super interesting from both sides and one of them um was a couple of hot things that came in from property managers and their their pain points was the opportunity to, to grow and develop in their role. And there was a high percentage that did say that there wasn't actually any room for them to grow. So that was quite good of you to touch on that because I think you're right. Having that those layers does... Um, uh, it it keeps it exciting for a, a team member as well, and it gives them those opportunities where quite um, often, you know, we put them in just a maybe an end-to-end property management um, position, and there isn't always a lot of opportunity. I mean, I, I think you can definitely create. So, for my office, which is run differently to you, we are portfolio run. And we like that option. My team like that option. But I have definitely had those conversations with them with regards to um, what their careers look like. And they are ultimately wanting to create, I guess, a, a mini business, which, funny enough, is sort of a little bit like still creating layers actually now I'm saying that out loud it is creating layers because I've got a team member who's who wants to manage more but you know have an assistant or have her own VA and create that which which is exactly what
1: you're doing but in a different way yeah exactly and look I think you know it'd be, I can't wait to see all your information you gathered from your survey but when I talk to my team I, I feel like people are kind of like if I look at the team there's People who want to grow in their career and be in like a management position. And look, our business is probably not for them because I don't, I just believe we're all on the same field and we all just stick to what we know, stick in our lanes and do it really well and celebrate it together. So, um, you know, I, I don't feel like I'll ever have a head of department because my team are empowered to make those decisions, each and every one of them um but then there's there's people who you know there's always people in the workplace who look for new opportunities and really want to implement new systems and processes and and I think they're the people that you sort of say like I probably more champion people you know like I might say to um you know like the girl who's championing our um, mepay in putting mepay through the business she's not in property management she's a she's in um she's in an administration role but you could see she was itching for a project. So I was like, great, you can do that. You can deal with all the tenants, onboard everybody, and she's thriving in that. So you've just got to look for what is it that gets people going and how can I support that for them? Um, And, you know, some property managers just want to come and do their job and leave, and that's fine as well because they do it really well. But I think you've just got to know exactly what your people want, who they are. What drives them and how can we help them have the balance and not be stressed? You don't want to be going home thinking about everything you haven't done or it's just I don't think it's healthy.
0: Yeah, and and it just highlights the importance of that individual uh, management style as well. And I think a lot of business owners, they try to put a blanket Um, a blanket style over everybody and that does not work I mean you would know with that many people like it would be impossible I would I would imagine.
1: No you can't and that's the thing I say that you know my constant message to the team is whatever I have spoken to someone about whether it's the, their flexibility in the workplace or, you know, they want to do something a little bit different, that's between them and I and it's no one else's business because if you want that flexibility, you have to be okay that everyone else has it. So just trying to get the environment around, you know, if someone comes in at 9.30, you don't know the conversation they've had with me and it's none of your business. Like it's, it, it isn't. So we I, I say to everyone, you can have all the flexibility in the world because one person whinges about it, about someone else getting it and then it's done. Like, but I'm pretty, pretty stern on that rule because I want the flexibility and I want them to have it, but I don't want any whinging about it, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can't um, have it, whinge about it. That's pretty much what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah.
0: Um yeah. another thing that came out of the survey, which surprised me a bit because I probably personally brush over it a lot as well but was the property managers talking about their environment that they're in and there was a lot of complaints with their office environment and in my mind as soon as I was reading these comments I thought to myself gosh what a shame because that's such easy things to fix so there would be people um there was complaints of you know air conditioning heating Old kitchens, open plan, private offices, uh, like just real, um, in my mind, cosmetic-y things. Yeah. And I thought to myself, gosh, if you have a really nice, open, transparent um, team, surely these things can be easily resolved, you know, in yeah. the office. And they, they, you don't have to be having your team whinging about these things. My gosh, there's bigger things to whinge about. I,
1: know.
0: And I know. Yeah, and then I guess that whole one step ahead. And what I wanted to chat to you about was that you know you have um, recently doing a renovation, big renovation in your office, and like I think that's like super amazing. But not many people do. It. I mean, I probably need to do a big overhaul in my office as well. But what that's to me is staying one step ahead and keeping things exciting for the team and the office and the brand. What um, how long has it been in the pipeline, and what made you make the decision to do it?
1: So honestly, it's probably been in the pipeline for two or three, probably three years pre-COVID. We started to talk about it. And in hindsight, we should have done it during COVID when everyone wasn't there. But, you know, it's a really, what we're doing is very expensive because it's a full gut out. And so Frank and I started talking about it and we're like, well, we need to upgrade some things definitely. And then, and then he sort of said, well, you know, if we're going to do these, we should just look at doing the whole thing. And then. I started to get some quotes in to do a full one and we were like, oh, okay, maybe we won't do that. And then it just, and then we sat down and actually said, well, we don't want to renovate it just for it to be the same. Like we have to renovate it to improve not only the environment, but our capacity as a business as well. So we had 35 seats in the office as it was. We already had 42 people. Like there was already an issue. <laughs> there was lots of wasted space and we, so we sat down and, and said, okay, well, if we're spending this type of money, we want it to last 20 years at least. You know, we might have to change a couple of things along the way, but, and what's our business going to look like in 20 years? So um yeah, it was really hard to think about that. So we've thought about five years. <laughs> like that's I, a lot hope Frank,
0: I hope Frank's retired in twenty years. If he's already seventy-five,
1: <laughs> you know him as well as I do. So he he probably won't. the The running joke is I'll retire before Frank. <laughs> I, <it laughs> um, probably. Yeah, but so yeah, so we were like, okay, well, and then we got some designers in and said, well. Realistically, how many spaces can we have? And you know, with the work from home and the flexibility we have, what does that look like? So, we've we've, our new office will have 66 desks, of which 34 of them are permanent and whatever 32 are hot desk style. And can
0: I just remind everyone as well for those that haven't seen Beck's office? It was perfectly fine as it was before. It was, <laughs> it was probably nicer than a lot of offices. It has a coffee machine at the front. It was lovely. Yeah. So that's, I guess, where I just, I love the, the confidence and the innovation and the growth plan to go, you know what, like this is the next step because it's such a big investment for you guys. And I I don't think we realise how important this is going to be to the team,
1: like to yeah. have I think so. I think, you know, you can keep doing things the same way and get the same results and, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with our business. a very good business and great, great people. But at some point you've got to go, well, what's next and how does that look? And, and, you know, probably even bigger for Frank to say at his age and his stage of his career to agree and, and go ahead with it. But I think the change will, you know, it'll be... It'll be the change we need to go to that next level. And it's very superficial and, like you said, very cosmetic. But the energy it's going to bring to the business, you know, it's going to attract different clientele. It's, um, it's like you said, it's future-proofed now that we could go and acquire a business as big as ours and just plug it in. And that's, you know, that that's the mindset we want to have every day is that growth mindset. Not just small growth, really big growth. Um, And that environment will help us just keep that, A, we've got to, you know, that's a big cost that we've invested. So you want to see a return on that. But B, it's just that nicer. It's a little bit nicer to come into work every day and, you know, have the even better coffee machine. And we've got sparkling water on tap. And, you know, it's just a couple of little things that we've made that will make it people really proud to come and work there.
0: And they're super expensive, those sparkling water taps, because I've wanted to get one in my office and yep. and I'm being
1: too tight to get one. They are. They are, but it's the one non-negotiable that Frank wants, funny enough. So I was like, yeah, we can do that. So, yeah, and it, again, it's, it's you know, we we all know that how we deal with people have changed. So it's, it's more about an open environment that people want to come in and sit down and, and talk to us and, um, but more so, we want the team to walk in with their head held high and be really proud to work there, which they were. But I think they'll be extra proud now.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. There's a, a saying that says that if you stay the same, you might as well go backwards. Like yeah, exactly, you, and that's exactly what you're doing by keeping the same office environment, maybe the same you know office structure and style. And I just think it's so inspirational for people to listen to to yourself who. Does have that successful business, yet still is not naive to the fact that there you need to be one step ahead and you've got to be evolving with it because from the results of the survey, one of the questions was you know about uh, programs for example and um you know what would you need to you know manage more um, properties. I think the question was, and anyway, the majority of the answers from business owners were, we don't need any new programs in our office, like we don't need any new technology. And I thought to myself, how close-minded for people to actually think that because you and I have very low tech stacks, you know, good businesses, Yeah, I'm still open to the fact that there is even another better way and I would always be open to knowing what's out there and I think you don't know what you don't know. So. I, and I know that you, you're you the first one to jump on any new demos, just to, just to simply know what's about it.
1: Yeah. yeah, look, I'm probably guilty of not doing as much lately because we've got so much going on, but I just don't think you can have a closed mindset at all and as a leader in a business because that will filter down to your team having that closed mindset. And the minute that happens, I think it's a bit of business suicide. It's a bit like the old, it's always been done like that. So, you know, why why fix it if it's not broken? Whereas I'm like, let's fix it before it breaks or let's improve it before it breaks. You know, the prevention's better than cure type style of running your business. But it also keeps it exciting for me. You know, I get a bit bored even at the size we're at. I'm like, well, what's next? I'm bored, you know. because <laughs> yeah. you've got great people around you doing everything. I don't, I'm not stuck on, you know, I'm not dealing with any complaints Um So you're just going to, I'm looking probably more of a personal satisfaction, what's new, what can we do, how is it different? Um, And then I love speaking to people like yourself who sometimes you say things and I'm like, that's incredible. Like I never would have thought about that. And so I try and look for that in other industries as well. I look at what they're doing and go, well, could we do that in our industry? Um, And I've been going to a lot more out-of-industry conferences lately, like just different random stuff. And just sitting there going, well, just open up your mind and think about well, what could we implement that works here. Mm.
0: I had the exact same conversation with someone the other day about how I'm loving going to non-real estate industry training and, and talking to non-real estate people just to really see, like, because at the end of the day, I feel that business is business in any category. They They all ultimately are sort of sort of run the same, you know what I mean? And they all have the same um, aim at the end of the um, goal at the end of the day. So they are all comparable, um, all different yeah, industries and trades and things like that. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: And I think it's all just more, what can you do with your people? Like your people are your business, right? And without them, I know I would definitely, I've got some key people in the business that, you know, especially over the last couple, probably four or five weeks had some personal stuff going on that I, I had to step out of the business and and that, and and literally had to step out the day they started knocking walls out in the office, um, when I probably needed to be there the most. But could confidently step out and know that some people would step up and just make the right decisions. And I, I actually didn't think about it and came back and you know surprised. fine. <laughs> done better than I
0: when I was there. I get in the way sometimes. Exactly. And I think um, the last thing I just want to touch on is um, the fact that you are creating room to grow. But it's also the fact that you have um, created space to have more growth and I think that that's another thing that a lot of business owners don't currently do. They wait till they need something and then they make the change where you have now created more space for, you know, I don't know, another 20 people to allow for that growth and I think you do have to um, have that, that, that energy and space available and it will... It will happen, you know what I mean? Yeah. As a, um, because even with new staff members, I have brought new staff members in before I've needed them, not yeah. when I've needed them. And that's a, a very easy way to stay ahead constantly. So you do that, I think, quite well. And do you do that with your staff as well?
1: Yeah, I try to, definitely. I mean, you've always got to balance your books, you know, and make sure you're not overstaffed. Um, Because I think when things are going well, it's really easy to throw people at problems, right? And I think before COVID, we were all a little bit guilty of it, where, you know, like, like you said before, someone might say, oh, I'm flat out and I don't have time. So as a business owner, you go, okay, well, what do you need? All right, let's get someone in to assist in that area. And that was generally the old school mentality of fixing problems, especially with a lot of business owners being salespeople. I'll just throw people at it because I don't want the problem of property management. So you've got to really be careful. I always sort of say, okay, well, what's the problem? And first of all, is it something that our VAs or inspection officers can already take on or is it, or someone else can take on in the business? Can we kind of restructure internally? And then if you can't, okay, well, is it, is it a software piece? Like, is it an upgrade? Is it something else we could look at? And if all those things are a no, it's like, okay, well, if we get a new person in, what does that mean? And how do we grow that person? Like, so, so yeah, we always try and say half a person ahead in each sort of area. So, um, we might have one person who at the moment I've got a person who covers all the holidays for PM, so can sit and be a PM, but also, can do that for inspections so if everyone's on board for the day she will pick up inspections or just do whatever's needed sort of a floating role and she's the person who'll be the next to take on a portfolio in the growth plan Um, but again they're really hard people to help because they really want a portfolio and if you take too long to give them one they'll look elsewhere but they're really talented people who've got all the skill so you've got to really make sure you're communicating all the time with them So, yeah, I do. I really do. And even in, you know, our admin team with the sales, I always try and have an extra half a person, um, especially with a lot of women. You never know who's going to fall pregnant or there's so much going on. But, yeah, it is like I understand we're a bigger business in the real estate space. So when you've got scale, it's easier to stay ahead in terms of that stuff. But there's so many opportunities out there with traineeships, um, you know, school return from sort of, you know, mums who want to return to work but not full-time, just got to be a bit open to what that looks like.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, even when I was at you know maybe three hundred properties, I was always trying to stay half a person ahead. So I think that that's actually something that even the smaller portfolios should be able to always always have. Like I've got at the moment the trainees, and they're my extra people. So they're people that I don't actually really need as such to run the business, but they're definitely helpful. And so they're actually my uh, extra person or my extra head that is a bit of a bonus bonus person the other thing that I that you mentioned and I think this is so relevant to business owners is that you talked about just you know if there's a problem you just add something you add a, a, an outsourcer or add um, a program in to fix it but if you start doing that that's when subscriptions and memberships and programs become expenses and not investments. Yeah. So if you start doing that, so one of the other questions um, on the survey from employers were then complaining about you know, the, the cost of programs and how that is, you know, things are too expensive to bring into their business. But I don't think they're implementing them right because I think there has to be a benefit for the consumer with the program. I think there needs to be a benefit for the property manager. But then it also has to you know, work out price-wise. But if you, like, whenever, lately when I've taken on any programs, I there's definitely been a benefit for the property manager and for the consumer. But I have been able to also take away another program. This is when I had more programs. I've been able to take away Take away something. and I don't, I was surprised to see that people were complaining about the cost of of technology when I don't think that technology is actually expensive if you look at it as an investment and increase the capacity of your property managers or increase the serviceability for the client. Yeah.
1: No, I agree. You have to look at what it can take away, and then if you're taking away that, what can you add in? So, can they look after more properties, or do you want to add another customer service level, which will get you more repeat and referral business? You really do need to look at all of those things. I think the key to growing and you know having good growth and sustainable growth is. Getting your team on board with everything—that's the key. Like, as a as a leader in the business, you can make the decisions, but you're not—you can't make everyone implement everything. You need to do your—you need to make sure you're auditing your P&L every six months. And then you've got to really know, you've got to speak to your team and, you know, you might put something in and they hate it, but they might be too scared to tell you that they hate it. And there's so many layers to that, that um, you just have to be really open, I think, with your communication and be okay with that didn't work. Let's try something new or, um, you know, or I I often say say we are investing heavily in this software if you don't like it if you're not using it if it's not doing what we want it to do you've got to tell me and it's not because i'll be upset that you don't like it it's because i'll look for other options you know like i remember a couple of years ago i i tried to in, i can't even remember what i was i was trying to implement a new software and i thought everyone was using it and was going well because no one was complaining but not being a property manager and doing it, I just worked out that they weren't using it at all and still doing it the old way. And I was really annoyed. I was so mad. And then I had to really sit back and reflect on where it all went wrong. And I sort of asked the question, well, why didn't anyone tell me? And they said, you were so passionate about it. We didn't want to let you down. So we just didn't use it. And I was like, oh, well, that's kind of letting me down in a different way. But yeah, so we, you just got to work out how that works. and um, Just check in, I think. Just check. You don't have to be on it all the time. Just check in with everyone. And in your, you know, we don't really have regular meetings. I'm not great at that anymore. But every couple of weeks, just to check in like, how are we going? Let's look at these three things. Can we do anything better? Is it working? Is there any pain points? And then just move on to the next three.
0: Well, that is hopefully insightful for business owners, regardless of your size, to. Make sure you are always thinking one step ahead. Um, definitely considering your office environment, even if you actually think that it's actually pretty good. I would definitely encourage some feedback from the team just to see, you know, what could be better. Is there something that they would like? I mean, it might be a sparkling water tap. Um, <laughs> it might, you know, you, you, you I don't think people don't underestimate how little it could be and how easy it could be to fix. Like that, I guess, is my main thing because and and how much that could definitely improve the productivity and the um the the culture within your office. And then, even
1: the fact if you just ask would you know that would be nice
0: (laughs) absolutely and and again it's just that staying one step ahead there uh second thing staying uh, one step ahead is definitely with the technology and um and monitoring all of that and you know my final thing to leave people with is be open to demos like and and I've always like my statement I always disclose as soon as I have a demo because I hate the whole salesy vibe is I always say listen this product might not be for me um but I like to know about these products so that in six months time or 12 months time when I've got a pain point I know what's available should I need you and that sort of
1: stops that whole salesy pitch if that's what yeah, you yeah we don't have time to be sold to, to, be sold to. <laughs> that's
0: for no, sure no it's like just tell me how much what's yeah. gonna save me like give me the basics and they all they don't they always like to save the price to the end and it's like oh my god it's so drawn out <laughs>
1: <laughs> i know i actually said i i said to you know one of my BDMs the other day i'm like you know what tell them your fees up front and then show them why we charge this because they, otherwise they're sitting there going, how much, how much is it? How much is it? How much is it? How much is it? Not listening to what you're saying. Whereas then if you tell them the fees and then they're actually listening to go, well, am I going to get value for those fees? And so, yeah, it's a very old school sales tip, keeping the price to the end. So- oh,
0: and yeah, and I love that you say that because as well, like I think what you'll find is that if you keep the price to the end they're still sitting there thinking about the price and not actually listening to the value that you're reading. So you just wasted your whole celebration.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas you say it at the front, show them how you will add, you know, show the value you get for that. They'll, I reckon they'll sign a lot quicker than if you're...
0: And, and that that will finish off our, you know, staying um, staying in front is that by just by listening to podcasts, listening to the way people do different things is, again, a way of um, staying one step ahead. Because I know with the fee schedules, I always just email them off. If anyone asks, I, I email them. I actually don't try and get that that in-person appointment. And a lot of people still try to get that in-person appointment. And I don't because I actually find that it's easier to do it my way. And I don't think there's a difference. But, and I'm not saying that my way is right, but I'm definitely saying be open to listening what everyone else is doing and what's working and what's not working
1: so that you can stay a step ahead of what I think. Also, know. just be proud of your fees, hold your fees, be confident with them. And if someone's shopping for the lowest fee, well, you're not their agent anyway, so yeah. why waste an hour out there with them? You're trying that's to sell to them. them. Oh,
0: yeah, that's fine waste yeah. your time. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I always love having a chat to you and I hope that that um, definitely gives people um, some things to consider within their office and within their team when it comes to staying um, a step ahead. And I know Beck is an open book, so feel free um, to reach out to Beck or myself if you ever want to have a chat um, about sort of structures or how to even put plans in place um, or new, um, new products in place with your team if you're finding that it's hard to get some people on board. I'm sure you would be an expert with that, <laughs> <laughs> Don't <have> that expert thanks <laughs> exactly. lovely chatting see ya MCG Quantity Surveyors are a favourite for property managers around Australia to help their clients maximise their cash flow through tax depreciation. I love how they place a strong emphasis on industry-leading education and data releases that they share with our community and because they support the property industry so much, it is a no-brainer to use them for all your tax depreciation needs.